everyone. It's me again, Suzanne. I'm back. <laughs> I haven't killed the podcast yet. Um, and oh, who knows what happens in the future, but here I am. I'm back. And today we're going to talk about LAC one session six. Um, so next week for most people or this week, depending on whenever you're listening, um, the focus of the session will be the tell the oral presentation. So hopefully your students are continuing to work on their history skills and they're getting good at gathering that chief concern, learning the story, learning the context. They're starting to get comfortable with those symptom refining questions. Like it was so great to hear my student last week really just rattle it off. They are, they are focused. They are getting this down. Um, there's probably a big, ah, when it comes to review of systems, they, whew, I got some feedback about how <laughs> this was a daunting task. Me, how dare I ask them to do a complete review of systems? What? But again, we press on, we know that they can do it. I encourage them to do it. Is it going to happen a lot at this stage? No, but I want them again to start building the complete script because they don't get like problem-focused history. They don't get that. They don't understand pertinent negative and pertinent positive. They don't get it. And I think having that habit of a complete review of systems helps them to build some vocabulary. So the words may sound funny, may not make any sense, may not be connected or anchored onto anything at this point. And that's okay. I'm willing for that to happen so that um, it just becomes a part of them, that complete review of systems. You may ask, well, I don't have time for a student to hang out in the patient's room and ask a complete review of systems. Fair enough. Um, but it'd be great uh, for you perhaps to think about when you and your practice are interested in complete review of systems and how do you gather it? likely an efficient way. A lot of you probably have a pre-visit questionnaire. I sure wish my practice did, but that's another story. Um, so, you know, if your practice utilizes that nice tool and asks uh, patients to self-report or review systems, great, then share that with the student. So they're reviewing it and thinking about it. And then, you know, if, if that uh, visit is mostly wellness-based, then hopefully uh, there is a little more time for that visit. And the, and the student can, again, pull out a script, a review of systems, questioning basics tool, something that helps them. Um, I know that as we move to the physical exam, that's my kind of quick you know, thing. If I don't get to it as I'm sitting down and talking with the person and we move to the table or I move to my physical exam, I let their body cue me into um, asking those follow-up questions. Um, for a complete review of systems, looking at their head, their eyes, um, moving down into the thorax, the abdomen. The, just considering the person and their body helps me kind of ask those review of systems questions if I'm doing a complete ROS, um, helps me do it. Yeah, I mean, that's probably what we all did at the bedside when we were admitting patients, right? Uh, we probably went down the ED, um, stood at the bedside with our clipboard, um, got the story again, um, and then just head to toe, did a quick review of systems. It's a skill they need. And um, by the time they're done with this LAC1 experience with you, they're heading to the hospital. And hopefully they'll show up with, with a, a good appreciation, maybe a strategy that will certainly be refined when they move on to that next experience. So 
I'm just trying to justify why I'm asking the review of systems or for them to give me that information. Um, I, I mean, some of the feedback, it just sounded again, it's, it's written, right? Uh, and sometimes it lacks context, but whew, some people were angry that I would dare ask them to venture into complete review of systems questioning. So um, please coach them to be better at that. Um, I know you are. So like I said, the focus is uh, talking about talking. So kind of meta. Huh? And I know there's like lots of different strategies for this. And everybody has their own recipe, has their own preferences for what they want to hear. So I just make another grand plug for Huddle. Um, oh, and I have to do the disclaimer. So my views and opinions, they're my own. You know, again, have never been officially endorsed by the medical school. So I just say this. It's like it's like like pirate radio almost. <laughs> Whoa. Um, but anyway, talking about our course coming up um, and the huddle, I'd really love for you guys just to, you know, the students who are given some tools like this one minute learner where uh, we empower them to, to ask you what your preferences are. And I think they're always going to be those students who are just um, they're, they're, uh, how shall I say this? They are in, inhibited enough. Um, that's the creaking door of my dog. Who's, who's saying it's time to feed me. Hello. Um, they're, they're inhibited enough that they'll never get there. I, I know this, there are going to be some students, they're going to show up to your office. They're going to look at you and they're going to be inhibited enough and they're never going to get there. And that's kind of sad, but I think that's where we're at. And that's and then maybe that's where then you can prompt them. Hey, hey, what are you working on? What do you want to do today? Um, things like that. There are going to be some students who are going to be disinhibited enough to have that conversation, that pre-visit session um, thing where they tell you what they're working on. Um, they ask you questions. Um, I think a lot of times students have 8 billion questions they never ask because they feel inhibited or intimidated. They don't want to look dumb, all that stuff. We all don't want to look dumb, but but hopefully we can create this environment of psychological safety where they can um, ask, they can tell and ask what they're looking for in the learning session. It takes a lot of pressure off you. I talk a lot. I write these big emails. I don't have any expectation that you read or listen. I really don't. Um, if they're helpful, that's great. But I know that you have on the, on the hierarchy of needs, on what you got to do for the day, this is um, probably low on the list and I get it. But you know what? I absolutely expect that student to show up with you knowing what they want to do because I lay it out for them. You know, it's different than a clerkship. They've got some session objectives. They may not be able to achieve all the session objectives. They may need improvement. Of course they will. They're not going to show up and be great at all this right off the bat. That's normal because they're going to have lots and lots of chances to continue to gather the history. And when we get to it, ultimately do a, do a physical. Um, so that's my soapbox. Um, again, just to say, please um, encourage them to huddle, encourage them to ask questions. Say, ask me those questions. And then finally, um, they're having a test this week on, um, um, I can't remember, it's like the Sentinels, it's a, it's a scary block, it's all about, you know, heme and onk, um, all that stuff that we've forgotten, that now they have to know all pathways and stuff. So have some empathy for them, but 
uh, they probably don't want to hang out until seven <laughs> to see that very cool case that you're sending to the hospital. They don't want to do it. So they're probably, at by, especially if they're like a Thursday afternoon student, they're dying inside. They're like screaming at you internally that all they want to do is be in their, um, I don't know, in their comfortable clothing, <laughs> not driving and doing a ton of multiple choice questions. So um, please huddle, ask them so anything coming up tomorrow or, or things like that. And then, you know, set expectations for when they jet because they're going to want to jet this week because they, even though to me, this LAC, like this is the most important thing, of, of course, for them, it's not, you know, um, and it's not going to become the most important thing until, I don't know, further, further down the road. <laughs> so anyway, um, okay. I said all that to get to the uh, session objectives for the students. So, you know, this week is all about the basics. So number one, they'll continue to demonstrate skills related to knowing your patient's chief concern, history of present illness to include cardinal features of presenting symptoms or concerns. Um, number two, they'll demonstrate skills related to gathering the rest of the history, the past medical, family, social um, history. And there it is, the big thing that gets a lot of ruffles some feathers, a complete review of systems. By golly, I'm going to stand by that because I think it's important. Um, nobody really expected me to do any of this stuff in medical school. So um, gosh, what a, what a nice thing really, right? That we have standards for them and that we want to live up to those standards. And it's okay for them to be at uh, the growth edge and be uncomfortable about what they don't know, just as long as we're supportive and empathic and understand, of course, you don't know everything, but I want them to try. Just like my six-year-old kind of gives up kind of easily um, and, and we have to say, try. I want them to try, all right? Because it's all formative. It's all formative until it's not. <laughs> all right, number three, explain the complete medical history to the preceptor as oral case presentation. And finally, number four, write, complete a medical history, um, document a complete medical history for at least one patient in clinical night. No, per site protocol. This also is a source of feedback like, oh, how can I write anything? I don't have access to the EMR. <laughs> Again, is it fair that I, I put this kind of spin on those comments? No, but who cares? This is my pirate podcast. Um, so I'll just say, you know, encourage them gently. If, if um, it's a bridge too far to get them to write in the EMR, that, um, then I uh, would like for them to um, get out a piece of paper and write a de-identified HPI. Um, and then, you know, hopefully you can check it out and help them get better. Um, so uh, for the pre-work, for the optional resources to prepare for you, mandatory for them, I included a, um, a little video on the signpost method for oral case presentation. Truthfully, I'm not so sure if I dig this, but I thought it was interesting. This is a Canadian primary care clinician, and he calls it the signpost method. He's Canadian, but you know, it's it's a uh, it's really the uh, signaling method. Um, and so, uh, it's it might be you know interesting to think about. It's for our distracted minds and distracted clinical times. Uh, basically, he's suggesting that the student, the learner, tell the preceptor upfront what they've done in general terms, like, okay, 
um, really this this would be like the third year clerkship student. They'd say like, hey, okay, I've done an HMP. I've learned that our patient's main concern is acute on chronic low back pain. I think this is lumbar strain, but I also thought about sciatica, piriformis dysfunction, and SI joint dysfunction. I don't really think fracture or malignancy are likely. I'm not sure what to do next. Like, okay, that'd be like clerkship student or maybe sub-I, something like that, right? Clerkship. That's a that's a solid, um, probably interpreter level thinking, working on being a manager. Um, but I could see how the first year student could say at this point, they could kind of name what they've done in the history. I've gathered the history um, to include a chief concern, or I've learned the chief concern in history to include a past medical, past surgical history. I've tried um, to get a complete review of systems. Is now a good time to present? Um, they could say something like that. So some people may like that. I, I thought it was kind of useful, you know, by the end of this year, by the end of this first year, I could see our students saying things like, well, I gathered a history and I did an exam. And then they would tell you what they did. I did a heart exam, lung exam, an abdominal exam. And then I thought about a differential for what seems to me is epigastric abdominal pain. Um, I wanted to talk with you more about this and, um, and then kind of help me think about what to do next. You know, something like that. Probably they're not going to say that stuff, but, but maybe they're starting to take that information and tell you what they think is going on um, by the end of this year. And some people really, they may never get there. They just, hopefully, if we can get them to an organized uh, history and physical. So that's just the open, like the one-liner to get your attention. It gives you a signal about what they think is going on. It could be useful, like, you know, um, say you're um, rounding or something and, you know, they tell you the it's like essentially like a bluff, like a bottom line up front. Um, uh, so anyway, it's a method. Um, if you're a residency educator, you know, there's so many different ways for presentation. I have always loved snaps, um, you know, summarize, narrow, probe, um, and then learning point. Um, I like the snaps method, but again, it's not really useful for this early clinical learner. So, you know, I thought interesting one way to do it. Um, I think that's it. I'm brief this week. Um, again, because this is a pirate podcast, the newsletter doesn't say that I'm leaving, but I am handing off this um, position, this LIC one director gig and, you know, actively looking for some motivated people who'd want to do it. Um, so if you're interested in the position, um, you know, feel free to reach out to me. I mean, I think if you're motivated to listen to this thing, then maybe um, you'd be motivated to carry on. It is a good gig. It's a it's a very interesting gig. I've learned a ton. I think um, especially um, this. I I now have a. I've, I really strongly feel very confident in my ability to assess where a learner's at, and then to target kind of how I interact with the learner based on where they're at and where they need to be. So this this course and being involved in all this really helped me in that way. I can also say I have a, a much better understanding of boundary, boundary management um, with students. So, um, and, and, and it's, again, has a ton of potential. Um, and so it's a very good gig, but time for me to pass it on. Um, I will still be a preceptor in this course. I'm still a big believer for sure, you bet. Um, but in terms of um, this directing the course, I, I, gotta, I gotta hand it off. Um, and so <laughs> that's it, friends. Um, until next time, dun, dun, dun. That's it.